show in Tulare, California. Yeah, the, the farm show. I'm from Fresno, so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's cool show, right? Yeah, Have you ever been is. to that? It is. Oh, geez, the incredible. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's definitely lying to you. Farm guys. show. Yes, yeah. he knows all this. Yeah. This is not, this is not Tyler's first you? rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. Today's guest is Derek Barnes, the CEO of BDM Holistics. Derek, you and I have known each other for what, man? About uh, about a month and a half now. Yep. Somewhere in there. And yep. you know, one of the things that the reason why I wanted you on this show is because of all the the misinformation that's out there about CBD. CBG, there's all kinds of different things, and I, I don't know about not only that, but marijuana, the whole nine. I've always thought CBD was well, there was an association with marijuana and THC and the whole nine. I just, I needed you to come on the show to first explain to to myself and my co-host Ben Gibbs and and Tyler Klutz what exactly is CBD. And just gets you high, right? That's what he does, yeah, right? That's what, what everybody says. That's what I always yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you said, devil's lettuce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all the same. <laughs> but first, listen, I'm going to go back. Let's go back to your childhood. We're going to get there later, but let's go back to your childhood. I just want to get a little color about where you're from, your family history, and, and just growing up. How many brothers and sisters, the whole nine? Yeah, so grew up in uh, Colorado, Longmont, Colorado. Born and raised there. Where? Longmont, Colorado, right outside of Boulder. Everybody knows where Boulder I is. I know where right? Boulder is. Yeah, yeah. It's the most beautiful city in the state in the country. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, there's there's some people there. They're rememberable too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, right outside of Longmont, Colorado. So a uh, little town called Mead, Colorado. So born and raised there. Um, father was a uh, sulky horse racer. Do you know what that is? No. No? Uh, you ever seen the little carts that they race behind horses with? Like the little two-wheel carts? Oh, yeah. 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 Like in the Roman days? Yeah. Kinda, That's yeah. what my grandfather did. Really? Yeah. No, no joke. way. No joke. Yeah. So grew up uh, grew up with him a little bit and, uh, you know, dad had the farming experience with him. And then, uh, you know, my father's completely different. He worked for IBM for 35 years, so kind of a different route for him so uh yeah just just kind of grew up in that area where your farm where your grandfather was a farmer what was he farming uh he was never really much of a production farmer when i was a kid so he used to farm back in the day long before i was around um but he actually uh he actually retired about when i was uh, about when i was born Started sulky racing, right, and just pretty much did that. Okay, so lived you went, the hobby life. Did the hobby life. Yeah. So you end up going to school in that area. So give us a little color about your school. Your school growing up. You know, what was the mindset growing up? Was it that you knew you wanted to be the next Roger Staubach, or you wanted? <laughs> what, what did you want to be as a kid? Ah, uh, I can't say I ever had like a long term ambition as a kid. Really. I just always said, you know, I'll do what what I have to do to make it through life, and whatever that is, great. I always thought I'd be the next, you know, Woodson, but that didn't work out. So, uh, <laughs> put the bar pretty low there. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty high. Yeah. No, um, I, I never really, you know, I never really knew when I was when I was fourteen. I started working at a restaurant there in Mead, Colorado. Um, now it's called the Roost. So there's there's a plug. How yeah. many plugs am I allowed to have? Yeah, you, as many as you oh, want. Perfect. Right. Infinite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little restaurant right there, off right outside of Mead, Colorado. 
worked there for a number of years, went and worked at Burger King for a number of years, and then started working for a farm and ranch store out of Longmont, and actually managed retail stores for seven years. For seven years? Yeah. Yeah. was made a manager the day I graduated, and... Uh, just manage retail stores. So you go from you're in high school, or do you go to, or you in college at this time? But what? Give us the no. high school college transition. Did you go to college? No, never did go to college. So you were a small town, yeah, small town boy, man. You're just growing up. Yeah, <laughs> the local store, my, my local dad was retail store. Thrilled. I never went to college. By the way, mm. I was just yeah. thrilled about that idea. But uh, no, <laughs> never went to college. <laughs> took I uh, took like four courses at a community college. For a uh, for a law degree, yeah. and then was like, yeah, there's no way I'm making it. Not for years. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what was the transition? I mean, I, you, you have this company now, but I'm trying to figure out what, how did you make that transition into what you're doing today, as far as the CBD BDM Holistics. Yeah, so BDM Holistics comes from BDM Genetics. So BDM Genetics is what we started in the hemp industry with. And I say we, it's uh, it's me and a partner of mine, Ted Durr. Uh, he, uh, he was my neighbor, actually. So we both were building houses for ourselves about maybe half a mile apart. And uh, you ever know one of those guys that's a show, social butterfly? Yes. Just comes over and drinks your beer? Yeah. This guy yeah. across from you, directly yeah. across from you. Yeah. That's him. That's your Ted. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Ted. Yeah. Yes. Except exactly. I just drink rosé, and that's it. So. <laughs> Cute. Very manly, very manly. Uh, no, Ted. Ted came over, drank a lot of beer. One day, had a wild idea, like let's get into the hemp industry. I was in the real estate industry at the time, uh, and uh, yeah, he convinced me of it. So we started BDM Genetics. We went out and we had a good buddy who was uh, who was also a partner, Isaac, and uh, he's our botanist. So he runs our facilities for our genetic uh, for our genetic production facilities. And genetic production is just seed, so we produce seed for farmers to plant in the field and uh, and raise that raise that crop so that we can go and desolate it so we can produce BDM holistic products. But you just don't get into this industry. I mean, how did, did, what was the research like? You just said, well, we're going to do hemp. Your buddy came by and said, we're going to do hemp, and this is what we're going to do. There had to be some uh, research going into this. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was a little bit, like... Two or three days worth. I don't know. No, uh, I. You know, I was. I was more or less just. Just uh, meant to be. Meant to be the guy that get off the ground. And uh, at the time, I had plenty of property, so we went ahead and threw up a twenty thousand square foot building, and just kind of got off the ground with it. We originally were going to farm hemp. We were going to do do just farming and buy somebody else's seed. And more research we did, the more we looked into it, the more I figured, you know, I don't know if that's that's the best approach. Maybe we just do our own seed. And uh, so we did. We went out, and uh, Isaac did a great job. We hired a couple other botanists that, to help him out, mm-hmm. guys that really knew what they were doing. Had a, had a great spring and went ahead and did some farming alongside of it. Learned, uh, learned the trials and tribulations of farming, for sure. Learn that. City. I mean, your grandfather was a farmer, but you didn't have any background oh, personally yeah, yeah, in no, farming. No, I'm not the farmer type, apparently. Okay. So, yeah, not the green thumb in me. So, um, no, we 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 really enjoyed that first year, and it was it was really, you know, we were friends before we started it, and now it's you know now it's a business friendship, and it's it's good. We like it. All right, so I want to take a step back because we hit on a lot of things here. First of all, 
describe the difference between what hemp is versus marijuana, right? Hemp is a legal, a legal crop in the United States, but describe why there's a difference. Because even if you look through, you know, bdmgenetics.com and, and you're looking through the stuff, like it looks like a weed plant, which essentially it is, but explain the difference between the two. Uh, the the I mean the genetic difference is just that's THC production. THC is is the cannabinoid that actually passes the blood brain barrier, so uh, which will give you the the high that I'm sure you've never tried before. No. So, um, <laughs> it, you know, so that's uh, that's the true difference from a genetic standpoint. From okay. from a physical standpoint, yes, there's no difference. Okay. Um, you know, the number one the number one problem in in this crop initially years ago was theft. Okay. And, and it was a problem because nobody knew it was any different than, than marijuana. So a lot of guys out there selling it on the street to some poor sucker in high school that was, you know, giving up his lunch money for, for something that would never get him high. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's truly the only difference. And, of course, yeah. you know, CBD, the difference is it's an industrialized product. It's it's there to, to be put out to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a crop standpoint, uh, you know, both are both are technically crops in, in three different states in the United States. So. so talk us through quickly the farming process, because, you know, in Colorado, weather is probably not the best climate to grow hemp uh, or the, the, this type of plant. Right. So you said you built a 20,000 square foot building. So now you're growing indoor with UV lights, correct? I mean, how does that, how did that process start? Right. So yeah, we grow all indoor for seed and that's, and that's strictly for controlled environments, right? So we can control exactly what those genetics will be when they come off that plant, when they go into the field, because you never know until that seed's in the field and the farmer's already purchased it and, you know, bet, bet that many acres of their farm on it and really, you know, look into the future, right? So you got to be precise with your production. You got to ensure that there's, there's a level of quality there that's, that's, you know, far, Mm -hmm. far superior for what other people are offering. And, that's why we do it all all indoors or in greenhouses. Um, so you mentioned botanists. Is there yes. a, is your geneticist and your botanist two totally? I mean, educate us here now. Yeah, uh, two totally different people. Two totally different people. Well, many different people. But yes, uh, our geneticists are are more fo- focused on the genetic profile of the plants. Um, you know exactly what is. What is the genetic profile? Is it is it going to produce uh, CBC? Is it going to produce CBD? Is it going to produce CBG? What exactly is that plant going to do? Uh, and they finite those genetics to to enough in the way of generations that we know exactly what that plant is supposed to be. At that point, then it turns over to our botanists, and our botanists then take it and put it in one of our production facilities, and our production facility is there for exactly that mass production. So. Take something that we know is is true and honest, and turn it out into the millions, so that we can go and and sell that product to farmers. What's that process like, time wise, from seed to production that you were just talking about? Uh, I mean, from initial conception, from from a geneticist standpoint, it's thirty six generations. So. Um, it typically at minimum 10 to 15 generations is what it'll take for them to actually finite that genetic to the point that it's, it's truly ready for a market, um, that we trust in, in what it's going to produce. So generations put that in like a, a time frame, like what, what a, each generation looks like from plant growth right. to modifi- modifying and creating and starting. I thought you were the guy that knew that from high school. No. <laughs> used to grow weed. T- I told you, man. It was college, and it was in my <laughs> closet. <laughs> I'm not saying you look like him, but you kind of look like him. 
no, I mean, typically you're four to six months. So uh, the the long side of that generation is is on the six month term. Short side of that generation is two months if they're really pushing it, and it's mm. and it's strictly for just generational reproduction. Okay. So all right. So again. Taking another step back, you said you were in real estate. You had a bunch of land. I want to, I'm because that's what we do. We're in real estate, yeah. right? So now we're like, okay, here's perk up. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that, and then how you used that experience, those assets that you'd acquired to turn this into, you know, a CBD business. Right. Um, well, years ago, I I started by flipping houses back in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, good timing, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. after. Right after the upslope started here, so. Uh, I, I started flipping houses and uh, really got into that and really started enjoying it and then moved into commercial and re- residential redevelopments and and then eventually re- residential new developments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually in the process of a, of a residential development outside of Firestone, Colorado, when I decided that uh, that we'd go ahead and put the production facility there. There, instead of a residential. Yeah, so we, we went ahead and utilized that ground and, and put it up, and um, and that's where it's still located. So then we have uh, another facility in Colorado City, another one out in Kansas, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. I'm not even sure there's a town. Um, <laughs> so are, do all these facilities, are they similar? They're they're all very similar in in what they do for us. Uh, they're all very different in their own unique operating uh, mm-hmm. procedures and, and what that looks like. Uh, but essentially, they're all the same in the fact that we have very skilled people that that work there. And, and no, I'm uh, talking about the floors. Are there like certain floors that you grow certain plants? Like you know, you said how many stories were in Colorado? How many stories? Are there just one? Is it just, just, a just one a building? Single story. It's a yep. single story single building, story. right? Okay, so. I know in our conversations, I, I know you can't. I, I guess I'm trying to get into that side of how do you separate it from being hemp and marijuana uh, legally? <laughs> legally, yeah. I mean, because you, you could, they can cross pollinate, right? How Absolutely. does this? Okay, so give us a little background of how it cross pollinates and how you got to keep it away from whatever it is. Right. So there's there's two different types of of hemp, quote unquote hemp, right? Uh, there's there's CBD oil production hemp, and then there's industrial production hemp, which is for fiber purposes. So that's um, like, I mean, you say fiber, like clothing, clothing, uh, shoes. Uh, they're making wood out of it. Uh, Ford Motor Company's doing a bunch with it. Uh, you know, there's um, Patagonia. Yeah, has a mm-hmm. huge line that's out of hemp. Um, there's a lot of different. So it's not just those bracelets that that are weaved together. They can yeah. do more with it nowadays. Yeah, no, okay. no, not just right. the hippie bracelets. <laughs> um, the uh, I mean, there, there's so there's different flavors of, of hemp at the same time, but um, where were we at? We were cross pollinating. Cross pollinating. How you keep this yeah, whole yeah, thing legal? Two different cross pollination. <laughs> Those gummies are hidden. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't eaten enough of them. Uh, the cross pollination factor is is primarily the two different two different varieties of of, of hemp, and that's uh, the fibrous hemp, which is is dioecious, which means uh, they have males and females in the field. And then uh, the CBD oil production fields, which are feminized only. So we're only looking for a female for a female flower in those fields. Uh, Cross pollination, which is something you'll hear a lot in the hemp industry, especially in the farming side of it, is detrimental to CBD crops severely. And and the reason is pollen is is you know 
most of us know, pollen produces seed, right? So uh, pollen coupled with a female flower will produce seed. And what we're trying to do is... Wait, wait, wait. Let's go over that. Pollen... Crossed over with a well, coupled female. with a female with a female flower in in any, I mean, really in anything. any plant. Okay, uh, you know, it takes it, most species. Um, it, it takes a female and a male most. So I don't know about you, but most. Watch stuff, man. He's he's fitting in just fine. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> So, so it's very detrimental to a CBD production uh, farmer uh, for somebody with a with an industrial field or a dioecious field to be within even five miles of them. So mm-hmm. that becomes problematic, right? And that's that's something that a lot of states have have felt thus far is uh, it's it's very. It's very do your do your neighbor good by you know letting them know what you're doing before you do it type scenario right now in in the hemp industry and and there's some guys who have uh, have been hurt bad by it right. um, so that so that's the cross pollination in in general is is typically a bad thing in in most industries um, and uh, for us cross pollination in our facilities we pollinate it's kind of amazing I can't tell you everything about it but um, we we utilize female plants to pollinate female plants. So we get a feminized seed out of it um, so that we can essentially guarantee that 99.9% of what goes into your field as a farmer mm. will pop up as a female. Mm. Um, so we're, we're essentially short of guarantee, giving guarantee we're giving. So how, how do you know that? Obviously you can't like check underneath and see if, you know, what's under the hood, right? <laughs> so how do you, I mean, and again, just how do you know what's a female plant and a male plant? Ah, man. I wish I would have brought you pictures because the way you said it, I wish I would have brought you pictures. But on, honestly, um, it you can check under the hood. Uh, oh wow! It, it in the beginning of its flower stage or its sex stage, it, it'll show its sex, and its its sex is remarkably um, remarkably similar to the human sex. Wow! Wow! Uh, so Seriously? You see, yeah. So on, on the males, the uh, first thing you'll see is a couple nut sacks come out. Go ahead. And on, uh-huh. the, on the females, you'll see a couple. You'll Jesus. see a couple of just like so straight pistols. Twig, twig and berries comes from. Huh? That's where the actual <laughs> yeah. terminology. Yeah. Now you're All preaching. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Preach yeah. <laughs> but but you can literally just check under the hood. Wow. Um, but uh, but of course you know our, our farmers still have to sex their fields, still have to verify that there's no males out there. Mm-hmm. Um, just as in the human society, one male can populate very very many females. So how do you go about pulling? Let's say you do have a male. I mean, what are the acreages? First of all, are, are we talking farmers that are doing multiple acres? Or are we talking about you know one two acres at max so you can handle that problem just in case? Yes. Years ago, the, some of the largest fields were a couple acres, right? Four years ago when we first really started in Oregon and Colorado. Nowadays, uh, we work with production farmers, uh, just like any other crop. Oh, wow. So last year, uh, 2,500 acres we, we planted in, in shared crops. Mm. Um, wow. and, and really, the, a lot of these farms are big farms, 100-plus acres. Most of these farms will get involved in, in five to 10-acre plots at first. Um and and most of them will move to to hundred to four five hundred acre plots. Mm-hmm. Some of the largest are twenty thousand acres. Um, so it's it's as far as you know hunting hunting for males, which we call it, which kind of crude if you ask me. But uh, it's it really is a, a detrimental task. It's yeah. you have to walk the fields. 
Um, and, and how you get rid of them is simply just cut them out. Uh, they cut mm-hmm. them out. They'll typically bag them so they don't drop any pollen if they're, if they're actually mature and, mm-hmm. uh, and remove them from the field. So, yeah, walk us through the, like the farming, right? You talk about five acres, and, and this is a, a newer industry, right, to our mm-hmm. country being legalized in, in the process. So, one, talk us through the process of actually getting the proper licensing or, you know, whatever you need to actually grow it as a farmer. Well, talk us through that first. Right. So licensing is different in every single state okay. in the United States. Um, licensing dif- is different. Uh, what genetics are allowed are different. How many acres are allowed, how it's supposed to be you know, handled is, is completely different from state to state. Texas just released all of theirs on, well, let's see, Monday, I guess. Really? They just, so they're yeah, licensed? To- they just opened up licensing on Monday. Um which uh, was the 17th. Mm-hmm. So um, they're, they're a little bit different than kind of everybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. they, have, they have a lot in the way of uh, manifestal type uh, fees. So anytime you touch the product, you know, you have to have a manifest. Mm-hmm. And every time you, of course, our government, right? Anytime yeah. you touch a manifest, a you got a tax and mm-hmm. a fee yeah. it of some kind, mm-hmm. right? So, same thing. Uh, in Texas, in in whole, is is really been pretty uh, pretty conservative in their in their lawmaking, which is what was to be expected. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, giving the farmers the ability to to really go out there and, so, and, and do what they want to so do. So the the process is is not like easy. Not like you're gonna go plant grapes or you're gonna go plant almonds. It's there's there's more of a process. It's more regulated, uh, but. Does the yield per acre, does that, is that beneficial enough to go through the process to do it? Like, you know, let's just say like grapes yields 30 an acre, 30 grand an acre or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, what you look at, you look at hemp, um, what, what's the, what does the yield generally look like? And obviously each product is different. Right. Right. Well, and each year is different, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the more in the way of farming that we have in the hemp industry, the, the lower the margins get, mm-hmm. uh, last year, those, those margins were 80 to a hundred thousand an acre. Uh, this an year, acre. an, an acre. acre. Yeah. yeah. This year, uh, more, more about 20 to 30, same okay. as, same as grapes or hops. Okay. Um, it, I, we imagine that it'll probably stay similar to what we saw this okay. year. I think we've kind of hit that plateau point where the production is actually, you know, meeting the demand mm-hmm. and we'll, uh, we'll kind of stabilize as a marketplace a little bit. Um, which is really good money. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of guys who are currently growing hops or currently growing grapes or, or any other high-end crop with mm-hmm. high inputs are, are very intrigued by hemp. Uh, yeah. A lot of grape farmers in Texas here. Yeah. A lot of them. Which West Texas, especially. West right, Texas. Yeah. I never really knew that until yeah. uh, until I came down here maybe four weeks ago and and had actually the first meeting with you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I was I was really impressed to to learn how much in the way of of grape production yeah. there is here in Texas. That's right. These, so, so now, from a process standpoint, because these crops are new from an equipment standpoint and, and actually like harvesting, um, is it like labor, man labor intensive, or can you come in with machines and tractors and harvest that way? It used to be very, very intensive from, from a labor standpoint, from, you know, utilizing hand labor for the most yeah. part. And what's amazing is, uh, you know, every time you go through a new industry, everybody thinks 
this is completely different than anything else we've ever yeah. done. But it's not. Uh, what a lot of guys have found out in the last four years is a lot of these production um, farm implement companies mm-hmm. actually have similar equipment that works very well on hemp. Okay. Um, and, and been able to more or less carve off a lot of that input cost that, that was otherwise being put to hand labor. Yeah. Um, Two three years ago, it was pretty typical to have five guys per acre working a hemp farm. Okay, which I, short of maybe some chili farms, that's that's about the highest labor input you can have for yeah. crops. And uh, and now it's it's drastically lower than that. There's numerous systems out there on a commercial scale mm-hmm. that uh, that harvest, that plant, that also even go through and find males. So mm-hmm. there's numerous. Uh, there's actually a couple different groups who were. Um, one was MIT funded, and then one was a local university here to Texas, and uh, both were both were funded from universities, and they used drones. They use drones in pixelation to find males. Wow! And uh, and they'll locate them in the field, and they'll send you a map, and you send your guide out to go pick them out. Jeez! Um, oh, so, I mean, really, yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's development and innovation is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the hemp industry kind of saw over innovation for a little while, where yeah. everybody wanted to make something that was specific to hemp. You know, mm-hmm. like we built this to to run hemp crops. Well. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of other crops Not that are to very similar. The wheel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, what's yeah. West Texas like? I know there's a lot of peanut farmers out there in West Texas. Has there been an education? Have you had to go out and educate some of these farmers and and bring out your botanists to to talk them through this process? To some degree, actually, Texas for the most part has been pretty receptive, pretty fast. Uh, a lot of Texas farmers have that good old uh, American down home, you know. Let's go get her done attitude mm-hmm. and have have the attitude to hey let's let's go out and try it uh we'll we'll try some and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work if it does great you know we've seen a lot of that a, a real lot in in the way of Texas um and every state is remarkably different and uh you'd mentioned California previously. California is one of the hardest states as far as consumer knowledge on CBD and hemp. It's amazing. But California inherently has had so much in the way of legal marijuana. Everybody is so tuned into the marijuana industry that everything is marijuana down there. I mean, mm-hmm. we went to the show in Tulare, California. Yeah, the, the farm show. I'm from Fresno, so yeah. I'm, I'm, that's cool show, right? Yeah, Have you ever is. been to that? It is. Oh, jeez, oh, the groovy. Incredible, yeah. <laughs> He's he's definitely lying to you. Farm guys. show. Yes, yeah. he knows all this. Yeah. Not Tyler's first rodeo. But it's uh, but Texas overall has had great response. Uh, there's Texas. I, I I don't know for sure, but I think uh, per capita, you know, their their land ownership is one of the highest in the United States. There's a lot of big farmers. A lot of farmers willing to <clears throat> go out and. Give 30 acres up and yeah. 50 acres up and see if it works. But you said there's not only is it, you know, the product like a CBD, but it's also there's a biomass. And how many other products can grow off that hemp? So, uh, you know, CBD and biomass essentially are the same thing, just different points in, in the process. Um, the, the process as a whole, biomass is, is the byproduct of farming, right? So mm-hmm. whatever comes off the farm is, is considered biomass, whether that's, uh, whether that's milled because they took it down with a, with a head harvester or it's hand chucked, which is, you know, literally guys pulling the flowers off by hand. That's like what we saw on Narcos the last season of Narcos when they grew up. <laughs> 
yeah. they'd bust the guys in, and <laughs> yeah. they got uh, twenty thousand acres of. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. So there's there's even smokable hemp, um, which is. I didn't which, do that. I promise. <laughs> See, we all we all know he knows. <laughs> Learning something new about my partner in crime. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, um, biomass is is the primary. Uh, byproduct of farming, and and then that is taken to extraction, which is where they uh, chemically extract the CBD product. So there's numerous numerous ways to do so. Most popular one that we utilize is CO2 extraction, um, which is just utilizing CO2 to isolate the CBD and cannabinoids outside of of the physical material mm-hmm. to bring out the oil. Okay, so I guess my question would be: If I'm a farmer, let's say I'm a West Texas farmer. Why would I stop growing, whether it be peanuts or whatever I've been farming for? And some of those farmers out there have been farming whatever it is for years, hundreds of years in their families. So why would I stop doing what I'm doing to start growing uh, the hemp products or, or, or the hemp plant? Right. And, you know, our answer to that is don't, right? Don't stop farming what you've farmed for 30 years and been successful at. But go ahead and give yourself a small portion to go out and uh, and try something new. A um, lot of lot of industry people in in the hemp industry will tell them, yeah, quit the whole farm and go out and grow two hundred acres. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's that's the wrong way to approach hemp. Um, it's it's a large learning curve. It's a crop completely different than what we have commercialized here in the United States as far as crops for many years. Uh, it's very laborsome compared to most farming. Uh, short of short of hops, I think it's it's the next laborsome crop, and uh, most guys aren't used to that, especially peanut farmers or cotton farmers. Uh, you know, they they are used to being able to manage their fields pretty pretty uniquely by way of pesticide and herbicide, mm-hmm. and not have to uh, not have to be in those fields near as much. So we we it's we're a strong advocate for for don't go out and be too big because you you'll go home poor. What, yeah. What yeah. what types of things are threats other than, you know, it's just very labor intensive. What are the other threats for I growing? Mean, there's threats as, are the same as any other crop, right? Yeah. Pests and Market, pests and mold pests, and water. markets and yeah. yeah is is it. water is it a water intensive crop or I mean is it can it be just on drip? I mean, I know, you know, California is really really um, hard on almonds cuz they used mm-hmm. to flood irrigate, right? And right. it was just a waste of a ton of water. How is hemp what that water utilization? Hemp water utilization is is roughly a third to a half of what corn will utilize. Okay, uh, so it's 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 actually not all that uh, intensive as far as okay. water usage, but uh, but it depends on how you're applying that and whether you're flood irrigating it, whether you're pivot you know yeah, on yeah. your pivot or your trip irrigating yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Hemp um, naturally would would rather pull those nutrients from its roots, so mm. trip irrigation is is no doubt the best way to irrigate. Uh, but most of our crops are grown under pivot, uh, just the same as cotton. Cotton is the same way. It, mm-hmm. it would rather uh, uproot any any fertigation that you give it. But, uh, of course, you know, large-scale farming requires large-scale usage. So Okay. I'm, I'm pretty green on this whole thing, no pun intended. Um, why does it feel like this just – that's pretty good one. <laughs> He's been thinking about that one. All oh, sure. yeah. Oh, that one. He had that yeah, written on his hand. <laughs> yeah, how can I fit that in? No, but why does it feel like – at least to me, why does it feel like this just came out of nowhere and, and this is all of a sudden po- the popular thing to do? A couple things. One, it just got passed here in Texas, right, um, which is amazing. Texas is unique in the way that they have 
a lot in the way of CBD available on the marketplace or stores on you know every fifth corner yeah. it seems like. Um, but uh, but really they haven't they have I mean not really they haven't grown it at all yet so <laughs> until until the 2020 season here um, really it's it's just been consumer use products. But the the other reason is 2019 was really hard on a lot of hemp farmers in states where we're growing it because it's politically correct, but not growing it because it's, you know, the right environment to do so. Um, Oregon and Colorado are the two largest players in that game and and uh what's the right what's the right environment to grow it in right environment is is west texas uh some of our best some of our best farms is are in new mexico uh in the years past and uh just longer growing season you know same same reason we don't grow cotton in certain areas of the united states it we have to be able to to finish that product we have to be able to mature that product to the point that the that the oil and the fibers develop the way that we need them so that it's cost effective to extract so is it one a year are you pulling once a year or is this like a two to three times can you plant i mean how, how does hemp go about the product that that uh, what do you what do you call it there's a name for it like you're pulling it and then you can replant what do you call that uh, well, I mean, how many times you can turn your field, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, depends on where you're at. Uh, there's plenty of places in southern Texas that they can utilize autoflower CBD hemp crops and, and utilize it at least twice a year. Mm-hmm. There's places, um, you know, Puerto Rico is one of them. We've done a couple fields in Puerto Rico. And they're able to get four crops off a year. Uh, just depends yeah. on your environment, your, you know, what what your freeze and thaw and, and what your general, I guess, uh, surrounding environment looks like. So Ben Ben asked, like, okay, why this is so new um, and why we haven't heard about it before. But like, and you mentioned every corner, even here in, in Frisco, Texas, or you know, Dallas, it, there's a CBD store. Tell us the difference between BDM. And these all these other people, because I, I feel like on Instagram or Twitter, you see everyone's coming out with a CBD company or product mm-hmm. or something like that, right? So tell us the difference between who you guys are and what all these stores are selling. Right. The, the biggest difference in, in BDM products is, is seed to sale, right? Seed to sale in most industries is has been around for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by seed to sale, what I mean is... When the seed is produced, we know where it went as far as the, what farmer grew it and how they grew it and the practices they utilized, whether it was organic practices, whether it was organic ground, or whether they were a farmer in the middle of Kansas that sprayed it with pesticides. Yeah. That never happened, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, it really does. you know. And, and unfortunately, a lot of farmers are, are very used to pesticides, and, and the uptake capability of this plant is is much more so than any other that they've ever worked with. And uh, and a lot of them have learned hard lessons about that. So it's very important to know where those products came from, uh, because you know you as a consumer are not going to go out and test for pesticides in your in your product. And and what a lot of people feel like is um, major oversight on the government's behalf to to assure that these products are are what they say they are. Uh, yeah. There is no oversight there for for CBD yet. Not not in the degree that we see in other in other mm-hmm. consumer markets. So the biggest thing with BDM is we know where that we produce that seed. We only buy material from farmers that uh, that purchased our seed, and uh, and we trust their farming practices and test their test their material uh, nonstop from mm-hmm. from from point of them harvesting all the way out to when it's bottled. 
and uh, and we utilize a, a bottling company out of Kansas City that's one of the best, one of the best in the nation. And uh, and we we do all of the right things in, in those steps, right? We we test it, we assure that the bottler is doing what they say that they're doing. We assure that um, when they're blending it, they're blending it the same way mm. every single time, so you're getting the same product every time. And we assure that no matter what, whatever dosage rate is on that bottle, mm. is exactly or one percent over what we say it's going to be. Uh, we we don't carve corners on our products like like a lot of other companies do because we we really don't need to you know and nobody needs to but uh we we source that material directly from our farmers which which is something a lot of people can't do so you guys just sorry darren so so you guys only farm seeds right so as you're talking about plant fields in puerto rico and kansas and west texas and all these places um so you guys are just growing crops to get the seeds or are you growing the hemp to make the product as well yeah right so we grow all of our seed indoors so all okay. of our seed okay. is done seed indoors is, that's um, the control aspect that you're talking about okay. right right okay. and then so like, before you go there can you go from just give us the chain of events you're growing the seed so seed mm-hmm. to sell like you said even go through the extraction process, and I know you guys don't do the extraction process right correct okay correct. but can you give us the chain of events of how it gets to market Right, like from the very beginning. From the very okay. beginning. So very beginning. It's so 1982. <laughs> <laughs> Take us back. <laughs> they brought the Afghani Kush over. Um, no, I mean very beginning is, essentially is uh, is a geneticist will develop that product. Right. Right now, the the common product is CBD producing products. So uh, they'll produce a higher percentage of the CBD cannabinoid than any other cannabinoid in the profile. And there's. There's hundreds of cannabinoids uh, found within hemp and marijuana. One of them, THC, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll create uh, create a genetic that only isolates CBD production. Uh, we'll take that and, and produce that on large scale for seed. Uh, take that seed and sell it to a farmer. That farmer would then go raise it in their field for flour. Um, upon that flour being harvested, they'll they'll dry it. And they'll bag it, and they'll send it to um, they'll send it to distillation. Which uh, extraction slash distillation is is them taking that flour and producing a crude oil, and then further distilling it to a full spectrum distillate or a broad spectrum distillate um, or an isolate. And there's there's differences there. Uh, a crude is is you know a lot of people here in Texas understand what crude oil is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crude is crude is everything, right? Uh, it's whatever was in that plant is is in that crude oil, and uh, that crude oil is uh, is utilized in in a lot of products as it is um, in in products such as capsules, uh, some gummies, but definitely anything that you put on your skin is typically a, a crude or a full spectrum. Reason being is you're not going to taste it. It tastes it tastes like bong water. Mm. Not that I've ever tasted bong water, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I was ever, if I was ever going to guess, I don't know what a bong is. What, is that? what are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, you know, it tastes terrible, right? I mean, it's it's very hard to mask the the overwhelming flavor of of marijuana, mm-hmm. um, and and it tastes just like marijuana. You know, it, it's really no different. In in full spectrum is is then uh, refined from crude, uh, and and it holds a lot of the same cannabinoids that crude will, mm-hmm. um, but in a lot of ways it's just much cleaner. Uh, they'll remove a lot of the fatty acids, they'll remove a lot of the waxes, and uh, and you're left with just a cleaner product. 
full spectrum is what we utilize in, in most of our material. Um, and the reason being is it still has traces, legal traces of THC. Mm. And THC is known to be uh, a great binder in the uh, endocannabinoid system of the human body. So in other words, uh, it just makes things work better, right? So it makes you see a faster response time in a lot of the products. It'll you know, just relate with your, with your body better typically. Um, next step from full spectrum is, is broad spectrum. Broad spectrum is, T, is reduced THC. They call it T-free, but, uh, you know, nothing's ever absolute, so it's reduced THC. And the reason that we utilize broad spectrum, as we were talking about before, is, is strictly for people who have to take uh, mandatory testing for, mm. for license purposes or, um, you know, football players. Football players, yeah. Yeah, yeah. football players, uh, truck drivers. Yeah, it's about exactly. to change for football players. Did, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. and and that's going to change for a lot of a, a lot of different um, uh, industries and, yeah. and just you know licensing entities will, will change that moving forward. But for instance, fire departments and, and police departments are still not even allowed to utilize CBD products, which wow. is hmm. you know just a, a lack in the way of of consistent testing from from major outlets. Is that a lack of understanding of ignorance or or you know? A little bit of both, you know. It's it's a lack of enough in the way of um, well, pharmaceutical testing to to really prove a, prove its uses and you know what what it's actually doing right. in the human body. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, I'm sorry to do this to you. You lean over here real quick. What's that? Come over. What's that? Tyler just lets you, you like sit that? here the whole time with his. Yeah. Name tag on. This is the second time you've done this. That's that's your friend. No, that's your this Darren, is, man. Come this on, is your man. friend. And so you just let him. Shame. The whole show you with a name tag. Let on. him go through the whole show with Holy that on. Cow. Hey, we got to start over, guys. Yeah, so, yeah. Gonna, yeah. yeah. So, so somebody like me who's who's never tried CBD, never don't know anything about the products. Really, what's the benefit? What his, am I going to uh, see? His uh, therapeutic uh, drug of choice is meth. Yeah. <laughs> so I prefer something much harder, <laughs> stronger. He was. Crack- Okay. He was on time. So. Yeah. <laughs> How can I get the same effect as I get out of cocaine? Is what I'm trying to find. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to really happen. <laughs> no, but seriously, what, what is the benefit? Why would I want to try this stuff? You know, the biggest benefit to CBD is is just its enhancements to the immune system. It's its ability to relieve anxiety, relieve uh, inflammation. Um, you know, you you hear what's going around about ibuprofen and all that. Uh, CBD does a lot of the, uh, of similar effects in in regards to uh, to anti inflammatory. You know, mm-hmm. it uh, it really does work very well. Primarily, it's it's just a reaction with your endocannabinoid system. Your your body already has a lot of these cannabinoids in it, uh, and it utilizes them for for every facet of your body, whether it's your immune system, your muscles, your uh, your intellectual. You know, I mean, it utilizes cannabinoids all all throughout your body, and in what CBD does in in a lot of ways is replenish a lot of that 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 a lot of us have been lacking for many years. Uh, for for many years, hemp and, and marijuana have been a large part of of the human you know the human diet per se, whether it be um, direct use or indirect use, and uh, and those cannabinoids do have a, a true effect on your body. Um, 
primarily directly related. It's it's primarily inflammation, joint pain, muscle pain, uh, recovery timeframes uh, with with athletes or anybody working out or just you know work. Mm-hmm. Right, a lot of people in the U.S. still work for a living. Mm-hmm. They still swing a hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recovery timeframe uh, is is typically greatly reduced in a lot of individuals. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say this, and, and Darren and Ben can can speak to this a little bit. You know, there's there's this. Uh, epidemic is the wrong word, but recently all the bad press around all the the football players like testing positive for yep. marijuana, oh, yeah. not being able to, yep. but then painkillers, right? Yep. So what guys have done because of all of the the issues with painkillers, and that's the epidemic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys have turned to marijuana, but because the NFL hasn't really you know understood what's going on and the uses for it but guys say no i'm not going to put those pills in my body even though doctors trainers are pushing this on us like i'm gonna i would much rather smoke weed because that is what gets me through the week because of the anti-inflammatory purposes maybe the anxiety the benefits that come with that but that has been the thing and now finally I think as you know that sport is is concerned they're coming along to say okay what are the negative effects of it we're we're trying to figure that out outside of maybe you know some D linemen just eating too many cheetos like there's not there's not you know they're not seeing all the all the negatives that you know previously in the 80s this push for you know mm-hmm. dare and you know say no to drugs and all that it's different it's a different use it's a it's an organic um, alternative to prescription drugs. Now, I'm not saying, but I'm not trying to get you to say, okay, hey, it's going to replace medication. It's going to do all these things because we're not there yet from a science perspective. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But what it what it is doing is just results are are being proven. My, you know, I've got a family member that struggled with anxiety, like really, really bad, like real bad, um, and now is on CBD and was you know anti marijuana, anti this, but has completely changed their life and has gotten off of you know these uh, psychiatric medications and all these things that they're prescribed, and they've just leveled out, and then them as a person is now back. And it's it's really intriguing to see, and fi- finally, it's nice to see. I think our country start to understand, okay, hey, the benefits that actually are associated yeah. with this. And anxiety is one of the number one, you know, true reflections that we see from people. Um, from from a pharmaceutical uh, testing standpoint, yeah, we're not there yet to say, you know, this this will replace an opioid in its direct use. Um, well, that's political. That's, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons so. for that. And I'm not mm-hmm. the conspiracy theorist, but um, considering that's one of our largest, um, you know, profit centers as a, as a country is, is pharmaceutical. So yeah. absolutely not going there. And really, you know, it, the way that you mentioned it is exactly how it pans out. Typically, it's typically like, let me try this. Let me see if it works, and then uh, and then the response is is actually above and beyond what most people anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and anxiety is definitely one of those. Sleep aid is the other one. Uh, you know, a lot of individuals have had extreme success over over CBD material for sleep aid. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it, you know, it helps calm you down. Mm-hmm. And, um, cancer patients, as far as appetite. Appetite acceleration is is huge. As mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, I already determined that. Right <laughs> but there are so many products. You know, I, I know you said that you know the licensing is is they just pass the licensing to grow here in Texas. Mm-hmm. But a CBD as a whole here in Texas, there are so many products on the shelf. How do right. you know what product? to take what product not to take i mean what's actually going to do what it says it's going to do yes right 
mm-hmm. you, you have to have faith in in who's producing it, right? That's that's really what it boils down to. There's there's no USDA regulation yet that's that's mm-hmm. mandating uh, that's mandating what's in the in the material that they're producing or or what's actually is in the that bottle. coming down the line? Are they going to start yes. mandating? Yes, uh, it started this year. You know, some of those mandates came out as far as ingredients, as far as uh, you know what's actually in the product. Um, but of course, you know the the oversight of of our are they telling the truth about that mm-hmm. is is still yet to be seen. And the FDA process is so long, right, to go through Very, that. very long. Yeah. Right. And, and we mentioned before the show, like, the supplement industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I, the wild, wild west. It, it is. And there's there's no regulation on, on what products are actually put into what you're putting in your body. Um, but so you mentioned trust. So how – so you're at – you're at, you know, your neighborhood CBD store. Like, how do you know what to what to buy? Do you trust mm-hmm. your guy? I mean, how do you know which company is legit and what's not? I mean, jump on their website, right? I mean, we have we have the World Wide Web at our fingertips anymore, um, and it's it's legally required that those test results be be listed on their website or at least achievable okay. at the point of sale. All of our bottles have a QR code on the bottom of them. Mm. You uh, you scan that QR code and you can reach uh, what we call a COA, which is just a certificate of analysis that is mm. from a third party that indicates that uh, that there is no pesticide, that there is no herbicide, that. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of this material is extracted um, with with things like ethanol or or methane or hexane and um, any of that material that's not removed from from the end user product is is dangerous to the consumer. Yeah, and that's uh, what I had to do when when you and I met. I, I'd used you know multiple CBD products and I had a few that worked and and a few that didn't work as far for, especially for pain for injury oh, pain for pain shoulder pain hand wrist pain. Those type of things, and I, I used a couple of products. Nothing happened. And, the re, and when we met, you and I met about a month ago, and you brought the product in. I was amazed not only by the usage and how I felt afterwards, as far as the the the, the, the cream that you have. And let me have that cream. That's the one that you ended up giving to me. So this, this is this the one. Is I, the new one. This is the new one. Yeah. Oh, this is the, the the good one. The yeah. really good one that's that you the, gave me. Those the really the, bad one. That's the final. That's the final product. Test pig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're glad you stayed here. Please let this work. Please let this work. Yeah, please. I'm begging. But what I was amazed at was, and what really drew me to BDM was that you guys handle this from seed to sale. Yes. And not every one of these CBD companies that are out there are doing that. Can you talk a little bit, elaborate a little bit on that? Right. I mean, our slogan is from seed to shelf or from seed to self. Um, it, it truly means that. We, we know where it came from, from the point that we developed that seed in one of our facilities and all the way out to the point that you're they're buying that bottle at whatever retail front storefront that you are or online. Um, we, we control that product all the way through. We uh, guarantee that we know where the product came from, that we've tested the product numerous times, and that what you're actually consuming is is both safe for you and uh, and that, you know, we, we know what's in it. 
Mm-hmm. We're not uh, we're not just buying something from some guy that was listed on Craigslist or Facebook that said, "Hey, I have some oil for sale," and uh, and they bought it and, and blended it and threw it in a bottle and yeah. sent it to you. And that's uh, where a lot of companies are at still, which mm-hmm. is which is amazing. What what are the differences in ingesting it versus rubbing it on your hands? What are those differences? Just depends on what you're trying, what ailment you're trying to you know attack first, right? Um, typically, anything that you're ingesting is is something that you want to react from a from a whole body standpoint. Anxiety, uh, headaches, um, you know, anything that's that's really a, a whole body uh, ailment versus uh, joint pain. Uh, joint pain is a whole body like. Um, you can you can absolutely service that through through an adjustable product, whether it be a capsule or a tincture. Um, but primarily, joint pain tends to be pretty localized uh, for most individuals. And and like you said, like your shoulder, your wrist, um, it uh, typically topical use will, will be your best, uh, your most advantageous use. And and it takes it takes four or five days for that really to work its way in. Um, but uh, but products such as that have a have a lidocaine in it that that helps it pass that helps it pass your uh, your skin barrier and actually mm-hmm. get down into your joints and and actually see an effect from it how often and, do you have to apply that, that, that particular product? we we suggest that you try it a couple of times a day a couple times uh, a day yeah most people see a result from a couple right. couple uses a day as much as as much as four times a day so again, we're uh, talking with Derek Barnes, uh, BDM Holistics, uh, talking about CBD and you know the the wave that that it is. Um, one question is, you, you know, you mentioned all these products that hemp can produce. You know, whether it's CBD, whether it's an industrial use or, or products. Where do you see application in the future? Is there any is there any more innovation that you see coming out through CBD or hemp plants? Oh, absolutely. I mean, almost every major manufacturer is, is looking into one or more uses for it. Uh, like we mentioned before, Ford, Ford Motor Ford. Company is doing a huge study on it right now. Uh, Patagonia has, has, I think, every intent to move over to it for a large part of their line, in my opinion. A lot of clothing companies are working on it. A lot of startup companies are utilizing hemp-only products. I think... Uh, and it's amazing what we we here in the United States think we're pretty ahead of the curve with a lot of this, you know, um, green thinking. Most most of the world is actually well ahead of us when it comes mm-hmm. to renewable uses and mm-hmm. and utilizing products that are are farm based rather than you know manufacturing based. Yeah, and uh, and I think a lot of those will come into play a lot more than you're seeing today. It's in its very infancy yeah. as so, it stands now. So we're seeing CBD within their CBG? Yeah, to explain the difference, that's that's recent, right? Like the different, uh, like at least publicly. Yeah, I have to pull out my notes. There we go. Yes. Right? Yeah, hey, I got to like, point this out while you're pulling this, right? So, so my man here did not go to college. Right. Could have fooled me, man. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean the uh, the language that you're speaking right now. I'm like, what is he saying? These voids and pisses uh, and noids. <laughs> but I mean, but really though, and 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 that's that's kind of a testament to real life experience as opposed to you know classroom education. This is real life that, that he's learned through this, right? And you know, I mean, that's something in regards to the CBD industry. A lot of people have, have you know, this is new knowledge. A yeah. lot of this is new. Um, a lot of this is is in its infancy as far as testing, as far as its exact relation inside the human body. What is it exactly doing um, on a on a biological level? Um, 
so there's a lot of it's new, but essentially there's you know there's three pi- primary ones that we look at right now, which is outside of THC, which is CBD, CBG, CBC, and and sometimes CBN as well. Um, all are a whole bunch are, of networks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, the blood sugar levels, for instance, is primarily a, a use for CBG-specific uh, uh, reaction. Um, CBC and CBG, it, they're seeing but, a lot more. Sorry, what, blood sugar levels is in like diabetes yes. prevention and control? Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, we, we can only say so much as far as sure. does, you know, what, what exactly it's been studied for. There's a lot in the way of type 1 diabetics that utilize CBD products and, mm-hmm. and see good result from them. Uh, my wife has a uh, has a cousin, and she has a child that is a type one diabetic, and uh, she utilizes it twice a day, every single day, and sees great results out of it. Uh, it's better stability. as opposed to insulin, like in replacing insulin or no. in in partnership with it. In partnership with it, more or less, just uh, you know, a controlled nature. A lot in the way that we see epilepsy. Right, um, uh, one of the major successes with CBD and THC thus far has been neurological disorders yeah. uh, whether you know primarily epilepsy epilepsy in its in its um, in itself has seen great just yeah. just world changing uh, success out of CBD and THC material yeah um, pri- primarily it's CBD coupled with THC and a lot of that they think is is primarily a, a CBN and CBG reaction with the brain and, and how all that works you know it's way above my pay grade, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, supposedly it's it's working very well. There's a lot of studies. Uh, we work directly with um, any out any real study outfit that wants to study it more. We're, we're send you whatever you want. Um, uh, te- in Texas, here there's an epilepsy foundation that we're working with right now. That um, we have one of one of our formulators is named D. And uh, she's out of Kansas City, and she's actually one of the leading nurses for THC and CBD mm-hmm. uh, material here inside the United States. And she custom formulates. So we sit on the phone with them, discuss uh, what they what they're seeing on on a daily basis, and and what they want to try first, and and issue a specific product and blend specific product for their use, whether it be just higher dosages or just specific use type items. Um, and and uh, I I learn amazing things every time I'm on the phone with her. You know, like uh, like we were talking about before. You know, the, the belly button deal. Uh, yeah. They they have them actually to to assist in stopping episodes. They'll have them actually utilize CBD and THC uh, straight into your belly button because apparently mm. you're, you have a lot of receptors in there. So interesting. I and told I'll, them and just I'll... just let me just let me go. Don't touch my belly button. <laughs> That's like a weird. <laughs> no that was a weird thing to me. Yeah, yeah, who, I agree. Fi- who figured that out? <laughs> so don't stick that in my belly button. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll quick a quick little uh, testimony to that to, to prove the point that you just said. The belly button um, part. Yeah, <laughs> God, get up in the nice and deep black. <laughs> that was a little crazy. That's, that's what the massage oil's for. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but so so a very close friend of of my wife and I, um, they uh, fostered a little boy that um, unfortunately was left at the hospital at birth. 
because he had severe cases of epilepsy and he was blind, he was deaf, and really he had no motor control. Um, so, you know, as he grew and, and they fostered him for a few years and, um, you know, all sorts of medication was having, you know, 10 to 12 seizures a day. Um, and it was just a really hard situation to the point where it progressed, where they, they couldn't give him, you know, the, um, the care that he needed. Um, so a family came in, stepped up, adopted him, um, was open to the idea of supplementing C, uh, uh, CBD with, uh, instead of the medication, all this, all this, you know, pharmaceutical grade, uh, medication. And so, um, they just checked in and he's gone like an extended, and I'm not going to make up the time frame, but an extended amount of time with no seizures. Um, and now is seeing colors and is seeing shapes. And he was on a feeding tube, and now he's actually eating foods. I don't know if he's on solid foods or not yet, but because he's pulled away from these pharmaceutical drugs and switched to CBD, I'm not saying that's the only thing, whether it's CBD or just maybe getting away from the pharmaceutical drugs, but his, his condition has greatly increased since he started supplementing CBD. And again, that's I'm not amazing. saying that's across the board, but this one scenario, I mean, yeah. that was my wife and I were, were told a story and we we're like, that is incredible. I mean, that kind of stuff. And she was a, she was a nurse. She was a pediatric nurse. And, uh, you know, th- she took some time off of work and she's like, I'm not sure that I can go back and work in the health industry when, again, we're pushing pharmaceutical grade drugs onto mm-hmm. people because that's the only answer when this holistic approach in this in this very healthy, you know, whether it's organic or not, but like these this holistic approach to healing is not being utilized in our healthcare system just yet. So do you see our healthcare system and you talk about a nurse now actually doing these studies with it? Do you see healthcare systems insurance actually providing support to this? That's a that's a very political question. Uh, <laughs> Set you up, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I hope down the road they do. Right yeah. now, you know, from a pharmaceutical side, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they are testing it with with absolute certainty. They're testing it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that is synthetic based CBD and synthetic based THC products. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the pharmaceutical world is is margins. far more in turn in tune to yeah. margins, you yeah. know, accessibility. Yeah. Don't have to worry about the farmer doing it, you know. Um, it, as far as when does that happen, I don't know. Okay. The the best thing that we can do in in the meantime is do all the private and university studies yeah. that are happening now. Which uh, inevitably, this this material should stay available on the marketplace, no matter the influence of, of pharmaceutical companies, and uh, and at least have that availability. You know whether or not it's it's mass scale to the point that your doctor is is recommending it directly to you, um, or you know whether it's something that you're going to still have to read up online on exactly how to utilize it best. And and that's something else that that makes us very different is uh, D does does trainings with all of our sales associates and. and and um, anybody that's out there with our retail stores or anybody that's answering our phones is is trained directly through D, and uh, and she's always there and available to answer questions, and uh, it just gives a, a better sense of of know how versus you know yeah. we're we're not just there selling it because um, your friend Sarah said that you know yeah. you could make a buck mm-hmm. at it. Um, it's, it's it's not the typical you know the typical online sales platform mm-hmm. that you typically see. So what's next for BDM? I know you guys are uh, taking down a space here or partnering mm-hmm. with a group here locally in Dallas. Are you trying to put your presence or plant your flag here in Dallas? And I'm sorry, in Dallas, in Texas, are you starting to plant your flag here? 
Yes, yes. So uh, essentially, we're we're planting our flag in Texas for the long term. We have a uh, a great new partnership here in Texas. It's a 1.4 million square foot greenhouse yeah. that will produce uh, produce a large majority of the seed that'll be found on the marketplace in 2021. And uh, and with that, we plan on utilizing only Texas material post uh, the 2020 season. So we have a couple farming partnerships set up already and some more to come with farmers who are growing CBD material here in Texas. We're also working with a group that will be opening up um, extraction facilities in Texas so that we can we can grow the seed grow the material and extract it and bottle it all here in Texas. Uh, our our bottler out of Kansas City is uh, making their attempt to purchase ground down here in Texas as well. And we'll, uh, we'll actually be a, a Lone Star company. Awesome. Uh, that's awesome. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. By, by the end of this year. You know we so. do it big awesome. down here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I see you with that 1.4 million square foot facility. That's no joke. That is something. Oh, man, yeah. you, you think it's big, and then you walk there, and it's like, whew. This is yeah. huge. Yeah. Well, so that big, um, there's a warehouse uh, over by the airport uh, that was just built. And they said you can fire a nine millimeter on one side against one wall and the bullet won't reach the other side. Uh, it's it's amazing oh, yeah. big. I yeah. mean, it's, believe me, the guys I put in charge down there thought they were excited about it. And then they went down there and they're like, oh, this is a lot big. of work. Yeah. Okay. So how many, how many people are you going to need to man, you know, this production facility? Ah, uh, that that's the answer we don't know yet. Okay. Uh, starting off with probably 150, 200 jobs there. Okay. Uh, about only five of those are coming from out of state. Five yeah. to seven of them are coming from some of our other production facilities to to better assist the management side of it. But otherwise, everything will be kept here in that's Texas. Awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't mind people moving in just no. as long as you're not from California. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Says the You're from California. You're from Fresno. <laughs> no, come on, man. I can say it because I'm from there. Take his mic, bro. <laughs> uh, all right. So let me let me jump on the other side of it. Be the naysayer. Um, what is your what is your argument to say? You know, a traditionalist that that still associates this with marijuana. What is like your elevator speech saying? Okay, hey, here's why. You know, uh, it's different than what you think it may be. And then two. Are there any negative effects that you have seen, or are there any misusage of it? Um, because you know, obviously, the products we're looking at, like you can't overdose on hand lotion, right? But like, are there any negative factors that could be associated with this? Yeah, so um, I'll background that a little bit with a story. How's that? Um, Perfect. My my father's been an employee for IBM for thirty five years. I think I mentioned that, but. He's he's about as straight laced as it comes. I've never I've seen him drink one alcoholic drink in my entire life, and that was why we were camping. And it was like uh, one of those fruity like lemonade deals, you know. <laughs> nice hard. <laughs> so uh, my mom cannot say the same thing, by the way. But uh, but he's he's as straight laced as it comes. And uh, when I got into this industry, of course, he was pretty skeptical as well. And um, it didn't take very long for him to really understand the product. You know, you mm-hmm. just you have to be open minded and, and understand that it's different. It, a lot of things look the same and are very different in life, mm-hmm. and that's that's all it is. Um, it's genetically based. You know, you you have to understand that um, genetics play a huge role in our entire world. Um, the same reason, you know, uh, that there's one MVP at this table and not four. Is, is genetics, right? Oh, um, man, Ben so. over here. Good job, bud. 
Uh, you heard him right. No, I did not. Go ahead. Don't don't stop, Derek. Go ahead. No, I mean genetics play a huge role, and and the the finest difference in a genetic profile changes a lot in in anything, and uh, and that's all this is. Is just genetically, it's different. It looks the same. It smells the same. But uh, but the, its uses are much different, and the biggest thing is people who you know are naysayers and say, "Oh, it's just the same old. It's just there to get you high." Uh, go smoke it. See if you get high. You, yeah, you can. I mean, there's plenty of good people that smoke it, but you're not going to get high. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it it doesn't pass. It doesn't have enough THC to pass the blood. So what's barrier. the what is that zero? Is it zero point three here in Texas? Yes, yes. Um, so the the legal percentage is point three percent THC uh, by volume. Um, and that's actually by weight, by volume, however they do that. But uh, essentially, it's not enough that you could sit there and you could smoke tens of pounds of it and you would never get high. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've tried yet. No, not yet. Okay. No, maybe, maybe after the show. Not we'll, tens of we'll pounds. Get yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good point of, of skepticism is, is sometimes due to lack of knowledge or lack of mm-hmm. research. And, and so for me personally, not shame on me for not doing the research and, and being skeptical because I am one of the skeptics. But I think you've done a great job of, of putting that part at ease of the benefits. And this isn't marijuana. This isn't anything illegal. This is this is natural. It's, it's mm-hmm. totally good for you. Mm-hmm. And like we tell a lot of people, you know, I mean, if, if you're skeptical, start low and slow, right? Uh, use topical products. We use like uh, these roll-ons, you know. Yeah, crap, talk us through these products. We got some products here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're so, uh, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able. To, it's not very good for audio, but uh, the yeah. the roll on is is for pain relief, for direct relation pain relief. A lot similar to the salve, just a little bit higher dosage rate. Uh, so you'll see a little bit faster effect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's as far as a starter product, nine out of ten people will see a reaction out of that roll on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talk we talk a lot about dosage rates, and that's something to to really actually point out is I'll, you'll see a lot of CBD products in in a gas station, right? Yes. You've seen them in a gas station. Yep. So yeah, you'll see them in a gas station, and and you'll be like, wow, that's a pretty good price. It says twenty nine ninety nine on it, right? And you see us marketing stuff at forty nine ninety nine. And read the dosage. Read the dosage, and, and the first thing to notice on that dosage is can you find it? Because a lot of these companies, you can't find the dosage on the front of the bottle because it's so low, they don't want you to be able to find the dosage. Um, all of our all of our products, the, the dosage is all right on the front. So um, says right here what the milligram dosage is: thousand milligrams for thirty milliliters. Um, and, and our dosage rates are, are very high for a reason, and, and it's to see that effect. Um, we we don't we don't need to be cheap on our material, and, and we want you to to feel an effect and see an effect from it. Um, that what you have there is massage oil, so you can try. Here you go. You, you guys can try this. Right you know what I love about the take product? Right, off Tyler, I right, right, right in the belly button. Is that what we're spraying? Yeah. <laughs> But what I love about the product is the packaging. This yeah, is like a, yeah. bam, is it a bamboo or what is that? Yeah, it's solid bamboo. Um, and unfortunately wow. for us, it's solid Chinese bamboo. Oh, so um, put right, it down there. Right, we, yeah. we, 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 we're going to go to White Oak here yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> so we're, this we're is a modern, modern farmhouse uh, uh-huh. packaging. Yeah. <laughs> Reclaimed lumber or something. Yeah. <laughs> isn't isn't what's her name? The interior designer based out here in Texas. Joanna Gaines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an uh, hour and a half south of here. Uh huh. All right. Go. Okay, but, so uh, what's uh, let, let's go to this then. What, what's the crystal ball? 
What is the future like for BDM? You're looking at this, let's say, just in Texas in 2022. What are you what's what are you foreseeing? Well, we hope to be available on you know every store shelf that wants to sell CBD products. Uh, we're working closely with a lot of large partners down here to uh, to leave us better available to brick and mortar as well as online sales, um, no matter the platform. And uh, <clears throat> from a from a holistic side, that's that's really our intent is to be available to the consumer that wants to try it. And make it available to them at an affordable price and, and an effective product that actually, you know, will, will give them something when they when they get home. Um, from a from a genetic standpoint, our our goal is to be the genetics leader uh, throughout the state and throughout the nation. We have some very large partners um, from uh, from genetic development side, and uh, and we look to we look to do develop new products that make it as efficient as possible for the farmer. And uh, and leave it uh, as profitable as possible for the farmer. Uh, we all got in this because we wanted to we wanted to help the farmer and we wanted to give the farmer something that they could trust in. The same that we want to give the consumer something that they can trust in. Right. Um, so we're trying to do the best in both fronts, and and I think we're we're doing a hell of a good job at it so yeah. far. I love the hat too. Make American yeah. hemp again. You like that? Huh? Is that- <laughs> So basically, America needs to start growing hemp. That's what you want. Then that's the that ultimate plan. We do. Plan, we right? do. It's it's a very sustainable product. Um, and Make America Great Again is actually a group out of Longmont. Or I'm sorry, Make a hemp. Make American Hemp, hemp Again yeah. is out of a group out of Longmont Boulder area, and uh, and they actually donate to uh, to different organizations with every purchase of a hat. We've done a couple things with them. Reach out to them. You can buy one online as well. Um, but but we do. It's it's a very sustainable product. We want the American farmer to have more access to it and just a better understanding of of what is it and and what will it do mm. in the in the marketplace, right? right? So yeah, two two questions, two uh, groups, populations that you're speaking to. Uh, first is say a farmer's listening right now, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, you know, I've got five acres that I'm not utilizing, or I I have I can I can supplement and something else how do they get into it how do they what's that first step to say okay hey i want to reach out to someone to see what it is to plant hemp on my farm just call us uh reach out to us online or, or call uh throw call that a, yeah throw your contact out yep, or whatever it's, uh our, our direct phone give numbers. us your personal cell phone address <laughs> tiktok uh, uh, social uh, security mother's maiden name and then your elementary school no that's uh but but that's what's cool about us is is the phone number that's on the back there is uh is actually my personal phone number and uh, and we have many associates that that work uh, at you, our home. You left office. your number off of mine. I guess you don't want yeah. me. To have uh, you guys uh, have the old copy, but it's yeah. uh, it's pretty easy. It's three zero three seven one eight three four eight four. You're about to get blown. I was say, you, you, <laughs> okay. you literally want people to call me. Yeah, you want to edit this? <laughs> Good send, luck. Send me a send me a picture first. <laughs> All right, so they can reach out to you. And then what's your website? Uh, our website for genetics is bdmgenetics.com. Okay. Okay. And, and that our, would be the farmer side. That's the yeah. farmer side. And we have we have products for every type of farmer, whether you're an irrigated farmer um, in the west of Texas or you're a uh, dryland farmer in the south of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have plenty of products out there for everybody. And um, all of our sales associates and everybody who works with our farmers 
has farmed before, which which is amazing. A lot of a lot of companies won't do that, and and we pride ourselves in in the fact that the individual that's going to sell you that seed and the individual who's going to come visit your farm has uh, actually grown before. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll give a shout out to to Cody, who's who's one of our uh, main directors, and you met him. Got back to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, see, I bring him to places like this because he's like six foot seven, so you know, it makes me feel like <laughs> I, I do. He's a hoop man. He looked like uh, he's tall, like he's dirt tall. when he walked in the door when I saw him. He's, he's huge. <laughs> I know. Um, but you know, a gentleman like him. His knowledge base is is five years in the field. You know, five years growing outdoor hemp, which is about as long as you can, can you can have. Um, yeah. And then, of course, he he comes with another like twenty plus years of growing it. You know, legally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot, just a lot of general knowledge yeah. and and the ability to have people like that at your disposal as a farmer is is great. We we challenge people to call us with the questions. You know, we want we want farmers to succeed. We don't want farmers to fail. It's not good for so the, the industry. So the next the next group I want to ask about is so you know there's there's uneasy times right now. Um, but from an investment standpoint, is there opportunity for people to get in on this side of it, or you know, from an investment placing some capital somewhere? There's been a lot of money on the sidelines for a while, mm-hmm. just kind of anticipating, you know, a correction. Is this is this a market that you believe is safe from an investment standpoint? No market is safe from no, an wow. investment standpoint, but um, disclaimer. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, it really is. You know, it's it's a market that's in its infancy, which is a good place to invest, no matter yeah. the marketplace. Um, you know, no matter what you're doing, if it's if it's at its very beginning stages, invest with somebody that you know what they're doing, yeah, and learn about it before you invest in it. Uh, a lot of a lot of investors that you'll get a sour story from, or a lot of the farmers that you get a sour story from. They uh, they thought it would be easy, right? Yeah. Everything in life that you think is going to be easy is the first thing you'll fail at, yeah. and uh, and that's the biggest that's the biggest point of failure is just not wanting to do the research or not taking the time to better understand who you're getting in business with. All right. So it's from a product standpoint, we went over to we went over on the, on the genetic side, but from a product standpoint, go back and tell the viewers mm-hmm. how they can find your product. Mm-hmm. Right. Easiest way is uh, is bdmholistics.com. Um, like I said, we're not we're not sending out packaging in the bamboo at the moment because of China's delays in shipping. But uh, bdmholistics.com is the easiest way to source source product, and uh, and then hopefully here in the near future, we're in a lot of storefronts here yeah. in Texas. So, somebody who's on a budget, what would you say? What product would you say to start with? Depends on what they've, what they're trying to solve, yeah. right? Uh, the, like yeah, I said, walk us through the products just really quickly. The different, the different ways to ingest, the different ways to apply these, really right. quickly. I see some gummy bears that look pretty yes. good. <laughs> yeah, try one, try yeah. one out. Um, the tinctures are, are the the most prolific thing on the marketplace. Everybody kind of knows what those those are. If you've seen CBD material before, you've, you've probably recognize them. Uh, tinctures are, are orally um, ingested. And uh, a lot of that is, is going to be for things like arthritis, anxiety. Mm. Um, you know, we, we see a good response, especially in exa- anxiety, in sleep disorders, um, mm. and in neurological disorders, whether it just be um, stresses in life or, or whether it be more severe, like, like epilepsy. Uh, the the next the next item that we have there is I don't agree with that uh, <laughs> you see he doesn't double it up one. <laughs> see they don't taste too bad right no they're, good. no they're really good a lot of changes there no, they're, really I, they're definitely or harbo um, gummy bears that you just threw in a jar and told us they were CBD <laughs> no they, they take about ten more you'll notice um, 
the pain relief roll-on is is like I said, it's it's the number one thing we have that everybody feels feels the best effect from. Uh, it it really seems to work for a lot of people. It smells really delightful. It does. Actually, Darren, is, that the, is that the product you've been using? I've been using the cream right now because okay. he, he won't yeah. send me the roll-on just yet. Yeah, so. no, I, we'll, we'll I, fix that. I brought you. Yeah, one. but that's just what I've been using in the mornings. You probably you know it's it's helped me out in so many ways. Thanks. Tyler. And the only yeah. difference between that one and the one you've been using is just it smells better. So mm. you know the I'm ladies the ladies wanted it and, to smell and, better. Uh, Darren actually applies that lotion like boxers do Vaseline on their face. <laughs> so walk into the office with just CBD cream all over it. I'm Been waking up early and yeah. energetic as ever. He asked me to apply it on his inner thigh one time. Hey, right. just, hey, God, we... what? Uh, you said yes. One, right. thing, one thing that's unique for us is the massage oil. And uh, the massage oil is just really cool. Um, it's it also has a high dosage of CBD. Um, it, it'll work for for a lot of back pain scenarios, and of course, you know, it's fun for the couples. So yeah, and, and that's actually a good question. My wife, like, you know, I probably like all of our wives. Oh, my back hurts. My back hurts. So like, rub it. But like, my wife literally always has some sort of like knot, some sort of spasm, something. Yeah. So Mo- is that movement management first, please? Pro over here, man. Just let me just let me put just give me an excuse to put my hands on my wife. All right. Don't turn to the easy solution. Fix your movement first. Uh yeah, movement management and and application of, yeah. of a CBD product is, yeah. is very good for a lot of people. Um and uh you know it's it's gonna be in my mind, um, you know, with without making assurances, mm. uh, it's it's far more advantageous to go and do that than than take an ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to see a better effect from it, and you're going to see a longer effect from it. You know, and we talked earlier about dosages four times a day on some of these products, especially if you have joint pain and muscle pain. Uh, this, this, that's a lot of people say, well, oh, that's a lot. You know, it's, just, it's the same that uh, ibuprofen suggests. Say, that you yeah, take every, it, right? every eight hours or every six mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's no different. You have to utilize it on a regular basis in order to see the true effect. And uh, and we suggest you do so. And and we have uh, the salve, which is what Mr. Yep. Woodson's been uh, been getting getting all about here lately, apparently. Um, we also have a beard oil for nobody. Uh, one <laughs> yeah. in this nah, room, kind yeah, of. Yeah, as long as it gets. We got a pretty traditional uh, traditional boss up there that looks at you sideways when you come in with facial hair. Um, but you have pet products as well, right? We do. And there's one I want to mention before yeah. that, if oh, we can, is the capsules. And yeah. one thing we have super cool about our capsules is our night capsule. And, um, and You got any of those samples here? I do. Oh, I do. Right. Uh, I brought you guys all of that. Oh, my you man. did? My Love my it. man. I told you I'd bring you some, so yeah, I, I, you didn't, been slipping I didn't want to let you down. Now. I know. I know. Last time I didn't bring nail enough, but uh, it that that product there has a uh, dosage of melatonin in it, so mm-hmm. it gives you a sleep aid, which we don't suggest you take it every night. Melatonin is still melatonin, um, but it, uh, coupled with the CBD works fantastic, a lot healthier than uh, Tylenol PMs or anything like that. Uh, especially on your liver, and uh, it's just going to be a, a very good product for a lot of people. Have our gummy bears that you guys already tried, of course, and uh, then pet products. Yeah, we have a full line of pet products, uh, full spectrum pet products for primarily the dog, the dog lovers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a three hundred milligram dosage rate, which is 
was we mentioned gas stations. That's what gas stations will sell to you as as human consumption. Um, and and we also have uh, horse products that are, are specifically developed for horses. Um, oh, tell us about the story about the young lady that's uh, that's working. That's I guess she works with horses. She had a story about. Yeah, so that's actually her. I hear Chelsea. Um, she uh, she works with uh, barrel race horses. And um, and was utilizing some other products and, and was pretty disappointed in them, and we offered some to her for, well, to tell you the full story. So her family actually runs a they call it Shoot for Alex. It's a uh, it's a shotgun shoot, a clay shoot to raise funds for cancer uh, childhood cancer patients. And uh, we met her there uh, at her dad's at her dad's place, which is where they put it on at. She told us that she had tried some other products. We brought some for their for their raffle. She uh, she got beat out because she didn't want to pay for them. So I gave her some for free. And since then, she sold hundreds of units for us. Um, she has had an incredible response from her horse team, which is which is four or five horses. Uh, two of which are professional horses, one of which uh, will be endorsing BDM at no cost of us. Just it worked that well. They just want to endorse it. And, uh, and she has some, some other partners in, uh, with reigning horses, and, uh, and they've seen great success with it. Just, just amazing so success. That's awesome. Primarily from an anxiety standpoint. A lot of these horses are bred to be pretty hot horses. They're bred for their speed and their muscle and, and their power. But uh, along with that comes, you know, the unstable mentality typically, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it helps calm them down. And we've got a few testimonies on our website with her, and anybody that has any questions about utilizing it for horses, she is more than open to phone calls. That's awesome, and is absolutely if, if more you, than happy to to help people find the right direction. It's actually, you know, horse country just north of here, like Pilot Point, Texas. There, it's all horse mm-hmm. ranch, big time horse country up here. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. I had no idea that that application was there, but it makes sense. Yeah, and and she actually utilizes uh, she utilizes our our human consumption line versus the horse line. Yeah, and and sees the same response, and, and it's just. You know, our, our our materials, I guess, that powerful for it. That's awesome. Man, I appreciate you because yeah. there's so, been so much misinformation out there about CBD. A lot. And, and you really, you know, hit hard on, on some of those topics. And, and we're hoping that our, our listeners as well mm-hmm. uh, can learn. And, 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 and if they have any questions, of course, go to BDMHolistics.com. Uh, do your research out there on CBD. I think that's the number one thing right now. Cause there's so much out there. Yeah, and, call, and thanks call for, them, ask them. Yeah. Ask them where it came from and, and what farm it was growing on and see how many of them can, can tell you where it came from. You know, it's very important. Well, Derek uh, Barnes with BDM uh, Holistics, awesome, BDM Genetics. This is awesome. Thanks, Thank man. You so we much, appreciate Derek. it. Man. Thank we you so much, it. man. Yep.